Welcome to the New Reality Show, where you can call in live for laser coaching and engage in Q&A with doctors Art Emrich and Christina Winsey. Discover how to master the power of your mind, body, and spiritual energies. Get empowered to create your new reality for more happiness, well-being, and success. Well, here we are again. Here we are. <laughs> again. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. Yeah. This is uh, New Reality Solutions you're tuning into. I'm Dr. Christina Winsey. And Dr. Art Emrich. And we are so happy that you have joined us. If you're watching the replay, we're happy you're watching the replay. Um, we are all about providing solutions for people. These days, people are stressed. People are uh, having more. There's more family violence, more addiction, more anxieties, all kinds of things going on because of the lockdowns and everything that's been happening over the last couple of years. And um we decided to create this show so that we could help more people, and we hope that you enjoy what we what we bring you. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about peak performance, so we'll be getting that into that in a little bit. First thing I want to say is thank you so much to our our uh, subscribers, our yeah. loyal. I bet I was looking for the word loyal. loyal. Our loyal <laughs> subscribers and. Um, we, uh, if you enjoy this show, if you get a lot out of it, if you've been watching several times and you say, you know what, I don't want to miss the Friday night with doctors Chris and Art, then uh, you can become a subscriber and help us keep the lights on. And uh, Thomas is showing the photograph of uh, where you can click and as little as 75 cents a week, $2.99 a month, you can help us to bring more solutions to more people. So if that moves you, we thank you. Um, okay, commercial out of the way. Uh, you are welcome to call in and uh, join the conversation, ask us a question, get laser coaching. The uh, If you're in the United States, the number is 1-800, I'm sorry, 1-888- 627-6008. That's toll free. If you're outside the U.S., you need to dial direct 1-323-744-4831. So um, anything else you want to say about the show, Dr. Art, before we get into your tip of the week? Um, I don't. Just the, the idea that we started doing this because we wanted to reach more people than we could uh, with our clinical practice, which is typically one-on-one. And so uh, we're bringing a lot of the same things that people come to us. Uh, a lot of our clients bring us um, some story that they're experiencing. It usually has a not-so-good uh, current uh, part of the story. Uh, promising to be a not very good uh, future part of the story, and sometimes a, a pretty bad front part of the story. So uh, we hear those, and we um, we reach into our toolkit of uh, some 40, 45 years of practice on, on our part, um, on each of us, and um, bring the best that we uh, know um, and have learned. Uh, we learn a lot from our former clients, and uh, we bring that to everybody too. And so this is a way to reach out and 
and describe some of these uh, issues that people have and uh, give you some pointers. Um, always included in our recommendations are specific practices that you can use right away to change your life. And that's our intent is to help you make a better life for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, I think it's important that people really understand where the, you know, where the idea for this came from and uh, what we, what we're providing and, and why we're doing it. So excellent. So without further delay, Dr. Art, it's time for your tip of the week. I always look forward to this. Oh, I do too. I can't wait to hear what's <laughs> this time. So with Keeping of our one word examples, our our descriptors, uh, the word for this week is fun, F-U-N. A little quiz to start off with, at what age do you think we adults decide we no longer have fun anymore? That's for kids. Kids have fun. Mm -hmm. And um, for a lot of people, um, I'm 83, I'm still having a lot of fun. And so I wanted (laughs) to share some of my fun with you. And I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine. Uh, I'll see if I can get him. Oh, here he is. <laughs> this, is this is Pig. Uh, his name is Pig. And uh, uh, he's a very popular uh, character with uh, a lot of my uh, kids. It, it, when I pull that out, the kids, it's instant bonding, instant rapport. You know, it's just an e- easy thing for them to uh uh, to relate to me and because I become more kid-like in their eyes. And so um, I, I really do have a lot of fun. And, and I'd like to introduce you to another one of my friends. Um, this, is, uh, this is Giraffe. Uh, giraffe is a, a, a wonderful spot in the office and uh, <laughs> a wonderful sound uh, that, that uh, she makes. And so um, I just want to encourage you to look for ways to have fun in your life. And they won't come necessarily through stuffed animals like some of mine do. But um, if you're creative enough, you can find a way to just get a real good laugh about something that doesn't mean anything. It has no uh, significance, uh, not going to change the world, but it's entertaining to you. And if you can laugh, that's one of the best negative emotion destroyers we've ever found. So just um, look for ways to help to have fun and laugh every day. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. You know, I I realized that at a certain point, I just became very serious. I lost that. We do that. Like, yeah, we do that to ourselves. Yeah. And um, it's very easy to slip into workaholism and Uh uh, just, you know, uh, busyness. busyness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Well, good. Well, that's one of the reasons having kids is so much fun because you get to have fun with them. Uh Yeah. Excellent. Well, tonight we're talking about peak performance and most people think of peak performance. They think of sports, but we're here to tell you that peak performance is about just about everything in your life. So Dr. Art, maybe you can talk about what your definition of peak performance is and we can go from there. Okay, well, all of us uh, were born with this magnificent uh, human instrument, and uh, unfortunately, it it did not come with an owner's manual, so uh, we're struggling around for decades. Sometimes we never find out how to make it do what we want it to do. So to me, peak performance is the ability to get the best performance that you're capable of uh, from your mind-body system. 
Mm-hmm. And, and for, it's different for different people because we have different uh, levels of ability and different talents, different skills. And, and so um, the idea when people come to me looking for peak performance is um, they're not uh, comparing themselves to perfection or professional uh, athletes or professional speakers or professional anything. It's mm-hmm. just how can I get myself to to bring my very best mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, socially, financially, whatever it might be, some aspect of themselves that the best that they're capable of. Absolutely. I love that you put in not competing with, because I think that that really trips a lot of people up. They're measuring themselves by somebody else's measuring stick. Mm-hmm. And um, it, we're we're taught in this society that we um, we still have keeping up with the Joneses. We still have uh, who's the best of the best. And if you're not up there with the best of the best, then you're not good enough. And this destroys so many people and so many aspirations. So I'm glad you you added yeah. that because the only competition you should have is with your last performance. This with, your own, with yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a little story about that. Um, uh, I had a golfer come in. I may have told this before. Uh, and he said his goal was to take uh, five strokes off of his handicap. And I said, okay, that's good. How often do you play golf? Well, I play three times a week. I, I'm thinking that's great because what I'm going to teach you is going to require a lot of practice. And so um, I said, who do you play with? Oh, the group of guys, we've been playing together 15 years. We just love to get out there and, and, you know, and compete with each other. And I said, well, who wins? He said, Oh, we don't ever know. First one of us and then another and another. And I said, okay, so you're going to take five strokes off your handicap. Now, how are they going to feel about playing with you? And he said, <laughs> Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I guess after a while, they're going to get tired. I'm, I'm, I'm going to win every, every contest we have, all the money. I'm going to win it all every time. And I said, and how are you going to feel about playing with them? And he said, mm, I hadn't thought about that either. I guess that's not going to be much of a challenge to me anymore, is it? I said, no. I said, so how important is it for you to achieve this goal that you've set of improving yourself, proving your golf game? Because we can do that. We can, we can really do it. He said, you know, uh, I don't think I want to mess with this social <laughs> gathering that I've been enjoying all this time. So thank you very much. I'm out of here. And I thought, yay, a win. You know, <laughs> the win was that I, I acquainted him with some of the unexpected side effects. And, yes. and a lot of times people think, well, I came to you because I want to make a change. I want to get better. I want to change myself. And one of the first things I feel like I owe them is let's look at some of the unexpected, maybe or unintended consequences of the change you're going to make. Are you going to be happy with that? People mm-hmm. that quit smoking, all of a sudden their smoking pals are not interested because, and, and they're not interested either. And they they say, "Gosh, those people smell bad." And I guess I did too, but I <laughs> noticed it before, and, yeah. and now it's not not fun. Or people who get divorced. Oh well a lot of your married friends, you're probably going to lose some of them, you know, or get mm-hmm. married. A lot of your mm-hmm. single friends, you're going to. So I, I really want to make sure that my clients, when they want to make a change, are um, at least somewhat aware of what 
some of the uh, secondary and tertiary effects of that change. But sometimes we think, okay, I've, I've got my life here and I just want to change this one little thing, but I don't want to change anything else. Just said, well, it doesn't work that way. You know, you push a balloon in it, it bulges in one area, it bulges out another. And, and so um, I think sometimes that's a service we can provide is to help people investigate some of the consequences of the changes that they claim they want to make and make sure they're a lot of times they're very happy with that you know it's okay but sometimes they're really not once they realize what may happen well i think that's a really important point because when people are going for peak performance in whatever area whether it's their career their work uh with a company Mm -hmm. um their role as an executive um, you know, sports, of course, but uh, an actor, uh, it, it, there's no limit to the areas where you can be asking yourself to to do more, to do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, you bring up such an important point because we, it's almost like the the wanting of something is far more fulfilling than the actual having. So what you're saying is check in with yourself and make sure that all the effort and getting there is, is going to bring you what you really, really want. Yeah. Yeah. So So, uh, anybody who comes in to see me uh, who is engaged in some kind of competitive arena, um, the first question I ask them usually is why do you compete? Hmm. And a lot of times they say, I, I, I thought I was supposed to, you know, I said, no, you can just do things for fun. You yeah, know, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, you can be competitive in it, but that's not the reason for it. You know, yeah. that's just part of it. But when, when you go out and you, you're not supposed to uh, goof off and, you know, and, and embarrass yourself or other people. But on the other hand, um, it, there's a way to like this golfer. He said, I, I just want to have fun playing golf with these guys. And if, if one of us got considerably better than the rest of them, it'd probably break up the group. So mm. that, that was a, a worthwhile awareness. I think that he, that he developed. It. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to start with, you know, I, I have written down uh, from various experts including the Forbes uh, Young Entrepreneur uh, Experts. But what I really want to start with is your intention, you know, and break it down into small amounts. Because I think when people think of peak performance, they tend to view it as this big amount of work. And um, in the law of attraction teachings, for instance, um, from Abraham Hicks, talks about something called segment intending. And uh, Dr. Uh, Joe, um, I'm blanking on his name. No, 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 no. Uh, But, oh, well, I can't remember his name. But um, there's, he talks about that each morning he wakes up and infects the quantum field Mm -hmm. with his desire. He sees his day. He creates his day. Um, And what uh, segment intending is looking at your day, planning your day and saying, okay, from nine to 10 is this meeting. So what's my intention for this meeting? And how can I really show up at the top of my game? Mm -hmm. 
And the same thing with the rest of the day. It's it's looking at also scheduling things during a time when you know your energy is going to be high and you're going right. to be able to perform. Mm-hmm. But um, it, intending your segments, intending pieces of your date, intending your performance is how you can maintain a peak performance because you don't have to be on all the time. And I think that some people feel those who have salespeople, et cetera, that are, that are uh, exhibiting peak performance, that they're on all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's exhausting. Nobody ha- can and nobody, well, they can, but they'll exhaust themselves. But they will be exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So segment intending and, and really being clear on what your intention is after you look at what you just said about competing and whether or not you really want to, to have this, this goal achieved and, and uh, be, be performing at that level, then it's okay knowing your intention, knowing what you really want, and then intending it, um, just like um, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer talks all in all his books about intention. I mean, it's so powerful to really know what you want and set the intention that you're going to get it. So I think that's, that's really key, because a lot of people um, also don't, don't have a visualization or a feeling of what, what would it be like for me to have peak performance, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's really important. Yeah. But one of the things that I, that I try to um, introduce early on uh, with working with clients is um, uh, this notion of um, the difference between performance and practice. Mm. Um, a lot of the people who are in athletics uh, uh, are are kind of shocked sometimes to hear that we don't want you to bring your best practice into the performance area. Practicing mm. is one thing, performing is another one. And so you really need to understand uh, practicing is a very conscious kind of a, of a activity where you're analyzing what you're doing, you're, you're breaking it down into little pieces, you're putting the pieces together in the best way you can and, and making a, a total performance out of that. But that conscious mind that you're working to do that can only, it's very slow, can mm-hmm. only do one thing at a time. And when you get into a performance arena, most performances require that you do many, many things very fast. You know, you don't have time to stop and mm-hmm. slow them down and think about it. that's what you do when you're practicing. And so this, this idea of bringing um, your uh, performance is best done. The most elegant performances are done unconsciously. Your yes. conscious mind is not involved anymore. And it's because you have practiced. You've practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. Now, what you're really doing when you practice is you're teaching the 50 trillion cells in your body what it is that you want them to do without your having to think about it anymore. Just do it automatically. And, and so you do something over and over and over again. You, you, when you're little, you learn how to walk. Well, you have to just practice, practice, practice. And now we walk without even thinking about it. We drive a car without thinking about it. There was a time when we had to really focus on that. So, so that idea of distinguishing practice um, uh, from uh, which is a, a, a um, 
conscious mind activity where you're really putting your skill mm-hmm. together and then performing where you get back out of the way and let your mind body system just do it spontaneously uh it takes a lot of courage to do that a lot of people have got to be thinking about what i'm doing no you don't mm-hmm. have to be thinking about it either you think mm-hmm. you have to but you really don't in fact if you continue to think about it one of the things i've looked up was uh public speaking as it turns out and people listed fear of public speaking was greater than the fear of death yes so if you're going to have to give a speech to some uh, group um you you one of the things you better do is you better practice doing yes. it. and yeah. one of the things that i found it was really good they said in um uh, the 1990s a group of italian neuroscientists discovered what they call mirror neurons and the mirror neurons uh, activate uh, as you're watching other people then they they allow you to be um in in the empathy with with that person mm-hmm. and sync up with them you're in rapport with them and they said if you're going to give a speech you need to start identifying certain words that you can um aspire to to ha- be like and they said choose a couple to how you want the audience to perceive you and what will happen is you'll trigger their mirror neurons and so they uh, they advocated examples including Entertaining, knowledgeable, friendly, humorous, insightful, professional, witty, awesome, compassionate, effective, whatever. And what you'll find out is that when you get your critiques after it's over, Mm. you'll probably find some of the very words you picked out in your critique. So it it will will go. It comes out of your pores, I guess, you know, that that's your aspiration that you were talking about getting your intention lined up. So this right. my intent is to be this way, and you will actually trigger that in the audience, and they'll they'll feel it, they'll notice it. So very cool, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a couple of other um, uh, questions as well as um, uh, we have these uh, ideas from experts about what you know how to have peak performance um, from a from a holistic health point of view. I want to say. Uh, the the things that I would typically say when I was uh, practicing chiropractic and being a physician is sleep and nutrition are absolutely paramount to having uh, peak performance. If you are uh, constantly deprived of sleep, if you are not eating right, if you are not taking care of yourself, if you are not managing stress, then you're really asking a lot of yourself. And, you know, when you're young, you, you can probably fake it. You can, you can muster a lot of adrenaline and go for it and still be sleep deprived or even hungover or, you know, young youth is very forgiving um, sometimes to, to the detriment, but, um, but if you want peak performance, you need sleep, you need nutrition, you need to be exercising every day or at least five days a week. And that can be as little as, you know, a half hour walk, but just getting your body moving. And um, then also taking a holistic view of yourself, reminding yourself that you are mind, body, spirit. You are not just 
the 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 thoughts you think and um when you when you take care of all aspects of yourself your emotional well-being your your uh, you know all all the different not just the practical life management but but making sure you're taking time for what matters most and fun is one aspect, but also, you know, time with your loved ones, making sure you're, you're putting your values first and taking time for what really matters most is very important because if you're not doing that, the peak performance, well, you can do it, but it's not half as sweet because you're just pushing and pushing and pushing. And so it's, it's about balance I also put down cultivating kindness, compassion, and a loving heart. Okay. I think that's very important and, and adds to the, um, the natural energy behind developing peak performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I also said doing what you love, being passionate about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. will will help you to have peak performance because you're almost not thinking about it. You're just so excited about doing it, you know? Um, and then ask for support when you need it, I think is really important too, because there are many people who just keep pushing themselves and, and they need help, but they don't seek it. And so um, those I thought were very important points as far as developing. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that, that, that I advocate uh, that people uh, do if they're interested in peak performance is um, talk to uh, their body. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they want to uh, do something, uh, tell, tell their body exactly what they would like to see happen, you know, and, and, and um, visualize it, um, really have an idea of it and be very grateful that you have this fabulous body that can do all kinds of different things. Um, allow you to stalk the earth and move around to places and and, um, and do and engage in different activities that you want to uh, do masterfully uh, and and peak your performance out there. But um, I have a saying: nobody likes to be surprised, and that's <laughs> including your body. Uh, and so, <laughs> if you want it to do something, especially if it's something new. Um, Tell it about what what it is you're getting ready to do. I, I do this a lot with uh, with surgery. I, I want people to go into surgery and come out with their peak performance that they're capable of. And so we do a lot of rehearsals um, mm. so that their body knows here's what's coming. Uh, they're going to saw your leg off and uh, they're going to take your knee. Oh, off, oh gonna, my God. And they're going to put a bone in there and then they're going to sew it back on again. And and if you don't tell your body that that's getting ready to happen, your body's going to say, what kind of a teammate are you? You didn't even tell me this was going to happen. How, how am I supposed to know? I, I didn't know. You knew all about <laughs> it consciously, but I, so, um, do a lot of body talk, uh, mind talk. If you want your mind to perform in a certain way, uh, mm-hmm. your eyes, your ears, or whatever it might be, whatever body part is, is most involved in, in certain things that we do. And um, and let, if you're if you're um, in athletics, if you're a swimmer, um, a marathon runner, a tennis player, whatever it is, do a lot of talking with your body and say, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw this tennis ball up in the air, and we're going to do what we call a serve." And that's, that's the, this is what that feels like, you know, and then, then we're going to return and we're going to do backhands and forehands and, and all, all these things. 
Um, because the interesting thing is our unconscious mind, especially when we get involved in sports, has no idea what in the world is going on. You just got the ball in your court and then you hit it back out in the, the other court. And then they're going to hit it back to you. And as soon as it comes there, you're going to hit it right back at them again. What in the world kind of a game is this? Or, or, <laughs> you know, and so um, the, um, the unconscious is very willing to be trained. It, it doesn't quite understand, you know, this is supposed to be fun. Okay, I guess we'll enjoy it. And you want me to do this without your having to think about it. You better practice a lot because I have no idea, you know. And then to, when you show me all the variations so that I know how to respond appropriately to all those variations. And then you practice that over and over. I get to the point where I do that for you. You don't even think about it anymore. You can start yes. planning one or two shots ahead of where you are, or one or two uh, strides ahead if you're running a marathon, you know, you don't have to be trudging along, you know, just fighting every single step, but you gotta, yeah. you gotta do some communication and, and, uh, the body responds extremely well. It's a fast learner, but it, if you don't tell it, it doesn't know. It's not because it's not the conscious mind knows how to play these sports. You can read a book and the conscious mind can learn how to ride a bicycle but the unconscious is going to be the one that balances you up on the bike and holds you on. So you, you got two minds you got to work with. And, and one of them really requires practice before it can do it well. Well, and that goes right along with the segment intending that I started with. Yeah, it, is. Um, it, it goes yeah. with visualizing what it is you want to have as peak performance. What is, what constitutes peak for you? Mm-hmm. Um, but also you know, we learned from uh, actually our last guest, right? Brent Michael Phillips talked mm-hmm. about that the subconscious is in your whole body. Yeah. It's it's every cell. And you and I have talked about this, that right. mm-hmm. your cells have consciousness. And um, it, when you talk to your body and you talk to the cells, you're preparing them. Um, I love the story. And I know I've told it before, but this is a new show. Um, of three basketball teams. Mm-hmm. One, one of the teams practiced every day doing their, their dribbles and their layups or whatever it was that they, you know, were working on. The other team practiced only in their mind and the third team didn't practice at all. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the study, they found that the team that actually practiced did improve a little bit more than the ones that practiced only in their minds, Mm -hmm. but the ones that practiced only in their minds did improve. Mm -hmm. So it's a question of saying, you know what, if I rehearse this, I'm much more likely. And so what I, the reason I'm getting at this is because um, for some people actually going and physically practicing every day is not possible. You know, for some people, they need to have the time to practice in their minds. And it, and also when you practice in your mind in the privacy of your own room, it sometimes feels safer so that you can like like memorizing lines in a play. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be on stage, that kind of thing, or if you're yeah. going to be a salesperson, memorizing the the key benefits of what it is you're selling so that it just rolls off your tongue and you feel comfortable with why am I selling this? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so back to the basketball, uh, they were very curious about, so 
how could it be that the ones who who didn't actually throw the basketball it improved um, as much and in some cases more than the ones who did and they found two reasons for it one was they said when you uh, have shot enough baskets to know your body knows what it takes to throw the ball up and you know the the, the coordination the firing of different muscles and everything when you imagine yourself doing that there are little minute electrical impulses that go and perform the same sequence of motions as if you actually had thrown the ball only they're about mm-hmm. one thousandth the strength so you don't actually have to go like that in order to fire off those little nerve uh, impulses to do it. The second thing, or they said that they thought maybe even more important, is the ones who visualized what they were doing never missed a basket. Mm. They could just throw the ball up in the air and it would go in. You know, they just throw it over their head, it would go in every time. Whereas the ones who were actually practicing missed a lot of them. So they were not yeah. getting... 100 percent of a reinforcement of what they were doing whereas the ones who visualized it every single one <laughs> right in the basket so they were getting a, a lot of positive reinforcement from that and, and that's to get that yeah. to get that from it. totally well we are at the halfway mark i just mm-hmm. want to do a little station break And just say, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about peak performance. This is New Reality Solutions uh, with Dr. Christina Winsey, that's me, and Dr. Art Emrich. And um, we are all about bringing you practical solutions for everyday challenges. So uh, if you would like to call in and join the conversation or ask a question or get some laser coaching, you can dial uh, toll-free in the United States, 1-888-627-6008. If you are outside the U.S., you can dial direct, 1-323-744-4831. And uh, so getting back to our topic, there were some interesting things that I found uh, on the internet when I talked, when I was looking about peak performance Mm -hmm. and uh, several experts uh, saying, uh, prepare for pressure, Mm -hmm. focus on the present, Negate the negative. This was Jacob Naraki of Lifehack. Um, negate the negative. Envision the best. Stay out of your comfort zone. And be action oriented. And I think that um, that we've sort of been talking about that in that, you know, preparing for the pressure. Well, yeah, If but if you've practiced the pressure is way less, right? It is. Mm -hmm. Um, Focusing on the present, being in the moment is always a way to really harness your energies so that you can bring them forth because you're very conscious. You're very, you're, you're very present, Mm -hmm. Um, present in the present. Um, Negate the negative. That goes along with what you said about talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that uh, they have found when you are performing a, any kind of uh, thing where you want to be excellent, if you're talking to yourself, as you had said, but uh, like athletes will say, go, 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 go. 
Um, that's why they do also at seminars where their uh, motivational speakers will get you all riled up so that you're talking to yourself in a way that's even more animated than you normally would. Yeah. So when you say, yeah, yeah, when you say talking to yourself, it, it it's not, oh, okay, we're going to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. <laughs> One more time. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit more enthusiastic. Yeah. So um, those were Mr. Naraki's yeah. six easy tips to have peak performance, um, staying out of your comfort zone. Well, we did talk about envision the best, but staying out of your comfort zone, I think is a key, a key point in that many people will become complacent and, and nervous about doing something they're not used to doing or doing something that's beyond what they think they're capable of doing. And practicing being out of your comfort zone is like saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. Do it anyway. And, yeah. And About that's... comfort zones too. That's something that I coach a lot of, of, of the uh, people on. So managing your comfort zone, if you stay in your comfort zone, you're probably never going to improve at all. You're just going to be however you are. So the way I, I get them to, to practice, and it depends on wh- what the, the measure uh, of their comfort zone is about for golfers. Let's say uh, I'm a, I'm an 85 golfer. And and so my comfort zone is 85. That's what I usually shoot. So if I shoot 86 or above, uh, say to yourself, I'm better than that. Hmm. Uh, If you, um, if you uh, are in your comfort zone, you could say, yep, that's me. I'm about 85. And if you shoot 80, you would say, I'm not that good. You know, well, guess what? Your unconscious is going to put you right back into your comfort zone again. Mm-hmm. So incrementally managing that to say, okay, I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an 85 golfer. So I'm going to manage my comfort zone and say, if I shoot 85, now I'm going to say I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. 84 is my new comfort zone and 83 and below. I'm not that good yet. You can <laughs> always say yet. And mm-hmm. so just stroke by stroke by stroke, as it, as it moves, then you're, you're incrementally managing it and you lower it um, or raise it, depending on which direction it is you're, you're trying to move just a tiny little bit until you do get comfortable in that new area that you used to be uncomfortable with because it was better than you thought you were. And then when you do it over and over and over, practice is beginning to make perfection come out then then you can afford to bump it up a, another notch and then another notch another notch but if you if you try to move it from from 85 to 70 your system is going to say ain't going to happen you know right. i can't take that big a jump all at once but 85 to 84 yeah i could probably do that you know so so it it puts a little bit of uh competitive uh challenge into it because mm-hmm. you can literally get bored being in your comfort zone all the time. You know, there's yes. no challenge to it. There's no, there's no stimulation there. You're just going through what people call going through the motions. That just usually means that they're operating in their comfort zone and they haven't added any stretch effort at all to it. So figure out a way to just a tiny little increment of stretch in there until you get comfortable with that and go right back and do it again. Add a little bit more stretch and a little bit more. 
And what you'll find over time, over a couple of years, you'll be amazed at the difference of what your cable is doing and, and what compared to what you used to do. Absolutely. So true. I, I love that. Um, and, and that goes with NLP chunking things down. Chunking down. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, we scare ourselves with uh, goals that are too big and mm-hmm. then we don't try. Then we stay in the comfort zone. So definitely. Um, Another aspect of peak performance, I think, is having a very, very clear visual imagery of what success looks like to you. Mm. Because, again, you're you're engaging in something, uh, I, I guess, that you've never done that well at before. And so you need to be able to picture what am I going to be doing differently at peak performance than, than the way I am right now. Peak is going to usually something better than what I do now. And, and what happens is we create uh, for the unconscious mind a, a uh, picture of here's mm-hmm. what my success looks like to me. And then you want to put some very strong emotions that when you get that manifesting in your external environment, how do you feel about it? And if mm-hmm. you did that thing, you just so, so well just a minute ago, you say, Oh, well, that'd be kind of nice, you know. Well, <laughs> your unconscious is not going to work very hard at that. But you say, that would be fantastic. Well, I could really, and you get excited about it, and you match those emotions up with that picture, and you do it over and over. Now, that's when you bring the practice in. You've got to do it repetitively because your unconscious says, yeah, I, I saw it, but you do something one time. I ain't going after that because I don't trust you. you know, two or three days from now, you'll say, you know, I didn't really want to go to the gym five days a week. Three days would be okay. And then well, maybe <laughs> one day it'd be all right. And well, I hadn't been in a month now. I don't know. So it, it wants the repetition to communicate that you're serious. You mean business, you expect results. And the only way it knows that is what we call practice, which is also repetition. And that's, that's what repetition does for you. It reinforces your unconscious of willingness to take part in this, you know, and make right. it happen. Oh, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, from Forbes expert panel of young entrepreneurs, I thought this was interesting. It was managing your energy, eight tips to staying in peak performance mode at work. Um, first is they say your energy levels are a key factor in how productive you are during the day. And that goes along with what I said about sleep, nutrition, self-care, very important Mm -hmm. for an entrepreneur, maintaining high energy levels throughout the workday is necessary for maximum efficiency. So number one, identify what depletes your energy. In other words, stop your bad habits. <laughs> I mean, you know, stop drinking and drugging and, uh, you know, but seriously, what drains your energy? And it can be people, it can be environment, it can be any number of things. And it's really important that you be aware of what's what's uh, kind of sucking your energy away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is have a daily routine. I think that is so vital. Um, because we can, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you, you are the one that decides what you're doing when. And so you can get completely lost in the day as to, well, I guess I'll do this now. And I guess I'll do that. But if you have a routine of, okay, in the morning I do this 
in the in the mid morning I do that and and you 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 plan your day and you have a routine so that you're structured. I think a lot of people need structure and it really helps for peak performance. Um doing one task at a time. Oh my goodness, is that really important because I'll tell you we've become a multitasking society just because we have phones and computers and um, we just seem to be doing email and Facebook and whatever, you know, focus on one thing. Focus has become a really big challenge for a lot of people. They say uh, exercise, especially in nature. And I talked about exercise. Um, take time to, I'm sorry, take time to uh, meditate daily. Absolutely. Meditation and relaxation. Make sure you have uh, some fun. We talked about fun. You talked about Mm -hmm. laughing. Mm -hmm. Plan for breaks and pace yourself. Mm -hmm. So I thought those were good, good suggestions. Also, They really are. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. um, Well, um, I, um, One of the things that I really uh, caution people is because we're dealing with these two minds that we have, conscious and unconscious, um, the, uh, the unconscious mind um, responds to these pictures and these feelings. And if you're putting pictures in there of what you fear and getting very emotional about that, mm-hmm. and you do that over and over and over again, guess what? Your unconscious mind says, you must want that. You keep putting those same pictures in over and over and over, and you got these strong emotions. It doesn't know the difference between a negative strong emotion and a positive strong emotion. It's got pictures, repetitive, connected with these emotions, and the assumption is always going to be, well, you must want that. So I use the example of you got a garden plot with... uh, with uh, you plant roses in one half of it and you plant poison ivy in the other half and you water the poison ivy and you fertilize it and you sing to it and you play beautiful music on the record player, the TV, whatever. And you, you just forget about the roses. You let them dry out. You don't water them. You don't fertilize them. Everything. Which one do you think is going to thrive? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the whole point of this uh, kind of a crazy example is the one that's going to thrive is the one that you energize and you mm-hmm. energize things with your attention. Mm-hmm. Your attention is the energy source. And so if you want to starve off a bad habit, don't pay any attention to it anymore. Focus on what you want and how good it's going to be when you get that and how good it's going to feel and repeat that enough. And it'll just drive the other one right, right out. And it, it'll, it'll just disappear. And it, um, it, it's like a, a road that nobody ever goes down anymore. Pretty soon the jungle just takes back over again. And uh, it, um, a lot of people say, yeah, but um, I want to go on this uh, super highway over here. The only trouble is it's not taking me to where I want to go. <laughs> so that, that's not going to work either. You know, don't take right. the road, the road that's well-traveled if it isn't taking you where you want to go. Create a new one. And, uh, and get that one to work for you by putting energy into it, clearing it, go from dirt to gravel to 
asphalt to you know and just build it up and widen it from one lane to two lanes to four lanes and pretty soon you'll have a new superhighway and uh and and build these um neurological patterns in our unconscious that take us where we want to go yes starve the other ones off i love that it reminds me of a story about two wolves and i don't remember the whole story but which wolf uh something about the one you feed will yeah, yeah. the one that um, yeah yeah so um well very good points and um i just wanted to also read one other expert that i had found which is alan goldberg of competitive edge he calls these the, the principles to peak performance and one of them is high self esteem and I, I do think that self-esteem plays a big role because if you don't believe that you're someone who can have peak performance, then that's a place you really need to start is saying, why is it I don't believe in myself? Right. So belief in yourself and self-esteem are foundational to being able to step out of your comfort zone and have the, the moxie to go for it. And so that's, uh, I think that's really a very key uh, point. He says, focus on the process. Don't be focused on the outcome. Outcome, yeah. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, feel free to fail and make mistakes. Most people um, are afraid of failure. And they think that, well, I can't do this because what if I fail? But we learn the most from failure. Way more than we do from success, yeah. as it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. Learn a lot. He, and he says, let it be challenging, but not threatening. I love that. Yeah. Um, in other words, uh, you don't, it, it doesn't have to be this life threatening thing, but it, it, it goes along with uh, stepping out of your comfort zone. It needs to be a bit of a challenge, a bit of a stretch. Yeah. So, um, but not so much of a stretch that it, it puts your fear factor uh, over the top. Um, and uh, he also talked about having fun, that fun was important. And um, then uh, make sure you learn to relax mentally and physically, which goes along with the previous one that talked about yeah. meditate. Right. So yeah, giving yourself breaks. I think, you know, I can't, I always come back to stress management, uh, Mm self-care, really, you know, if your body is listening and your body is the instrument that's, you know, you can't live anywhere else, but in your body. Mm -hmm. So if you're not taking care of your body and you're expecting big things from yourself, then you're not taking care of the instrument that's going to play the tune. Mm -hmm. So, I, I just keep coming back to your well-being, taking care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit. I think those are those are the keys. And talking about living other places, um, one of the things that I ask clients is, where do you think you live? Do you live in the past, the present, or the future most of the time? And I, and I readily acknowledge that I live most of the time in the future because everybody knows the future is going to be way better than the present. So I want to get up there and, and roam around in that area so that I can <laughs> enjoy it. But, but the truth is um, there are negative emotions that live both in the past and there's a different set of them that live in the future. And um, if you're not in the present, um, there's a valid 
question about well who is it that's here right now if you're if you're at the present you're here and you can't this is the only time you can do anything mm. you can't do anything tomorrow and you can't do anything yesterday you can only do something right now or right now mm-hmm. or right now or right now and it, and and when those moments go away, then you, they're lost uh, forever. Yes. You, you, so if you're interested in getting things done, now, good idea that we can go into the past and we can review our previous performances and things and and make cor- corrections and say if that happens again, I'm going to do something different or or I like what happened, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, the problem is we we generally go back and and connected with a lot of our experiences, disappointment and grief and embarrassment and all those things, and we bring those emotions back to the present with yes. us. And they don't belong here, or we go off into the future, and because that's the way we have to plan. If I'm going to plan, I've got to envision what 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 I want different in the future. I have to imagine what that is. And then if I get a really good vision of it, then I can come back here and say, now, if that's what I want, then I have to do this and this and this and this. That's called planning. Mm. Uh, if you just go up there and say, oh, gosh, it's going to be a disaster. It ain't going to work. And I'm going to come back here and bring all that disappointment back into the present where it doesn't belong either. So I love the quote that not exactly words, but uh, Mark Twain supposedly said, in my life, I've um, um survived uh, numerous disasters and a couple of them actually happened (laughs) we do that to ourselves all the time you know we're worried about something that's never even happened before and we're screwing up the this beautiful present moment we have to get things done and we're all agonized over something that's never even happened yet so it's it's just something we we do to ourselves there's another real quick thing about motivation it's really Mm -hmm. good um, if you have a peak performance in mind that you you have an idea about what that is, you know, what it would be like. And that's called setting a goal. You can have a goal is to get to that ability to do it this way or you know, with that level of competence. And then, and um, the uh, there are two kinds of motivation, as it turns out. That's called toward away uh, toward a motivation, which is moving towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And another one is moving away from moving away from whatever's unpleasant that you that you're um, experiencing right now. The best long term is toward motivation. If you don't have a goal, it's kind of hard to get motivated because you don't you don't know where you're going. You have no idea you know about where, where to go. A lot of times, the best starting motivation is away from. I know what I don't want, what I don't like. I want to get away from that. And that uh, will push me. The only problem is it'll push you in any direction mm-hmm. as long as it's away from. So people say, well, I was in this place and uh, they decided they were going to build a garbage dump right next to my uh, the house where, where I live. I didn't want to be there. And I wanted to, I wanted to be away from there. And, and so my motivation to sell my house real quick that was really strong motivation but if you don't know where you're going then now you're now you don't have a house <laughs> you gotta have some place to be and so um the, the combination of the two is really the best that use the away from to get started and then and then use the goal oriented 
And the neat thing about goal-oriented motivation is that the closer you get to the goal, the more mm-hmm. energy you have. It mm. creates more and more and more energy and, 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 and it propels you even faster toward the goal. The closer Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we've come yeah. to the end of our time. Oh, not again. Yes, <laughs> we have. We've talked everybody's ears off and we hope yeah. that you've gotten some really good uh, good tips and, and ways that you can have peak performance no matter what area of life. And um, we will see you next week. Any, any parting words, Dr. Art? Uh, go have fun. Yeah. Be the one. <laughs> Find your flying pig. Yeah. Let's let's see Absolutely. the let's see the giraffe again. Okay. I, I love this sound. I, I chose this one particularly for the sound that it makes. <laughs> <laughs> and she has wings, doesn't she? And it has wings, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh giraffe have wings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's name is Toad, by the way. So Oh, oh I see. <laughs> The green one was called Pig. Uh, okay. I have, yeah, the kids get a big kick out of that. That I've I bet. reversed the name, so you know. So such is life with Doctor Art. <laughs> <laughs> I never know. <laughs> I know. I know. God bless you. Eighty-three years young. <laughs> yep. Still having fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll become a subscriber because we hope you've gotten some real value out of the show and that you will continue watching. And if you are a faithful subscriber, once again, we want to thank you. And next week we'll be back possibly with a guest. It might just be the two of us talking about another really important topic to help you have a better life. So thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider being a supporter. You can find that on our show page. Tune in every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash new reality show for announcements of upcoming topics and exciting guest interviews. Bye for now.